Sam the Cooking Guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Some call him a fool, some even call him a douchebag, but I say Greg Rempe is the greatest thing to happen to the barbecue since Caveman. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things, all of them, that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and survival show. If you're watching this evening, if you're listening this evening and you feel compelled to jump in, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show, you can find at the main website, the BBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up at about 12 minutes from now. We missed him last month. He was out of the country, and the time zones weren't adjusting properly to do an out-of-country interview to keep with the normal monthly segment. However, he is back. He is a Barbecue Hall of Famer, an author, a James Beard Award winner, and the list goes on. None other than the creator of Barbecue Bible, Stephen Reichlin, makes his triumphant return to the Barbecue Central show, Jungle, and we will catch up. With Stephen, what he did in France, of course, July 4th is now weeks away and a few weeks away at that. So we'll talk to him about menus for those people that like to cook. We'll talk to him about menus for those people that don't like to cook, how they vary and how they might be the same, all that fun stuff. Then we will move to 35 past the hour. First time guest, the product manager at Oklahoma Joe's, Zach Myron, will join us. The balance of the conversation will be taking up with my new favorite love, which is the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX pellet cooker, and we'll talk about the genesis of that. As you would recall, Oklahoma Joe's was founded by Oklahoma Joe Davidson, friend of this show, also Barbecue Hall of Famer, offset pits only in the beginning 30 years ago, 35 years ago, whenever it was back in the early slash mid-80s. And then there was the sale of the company to W.C. Bradley. And now you see, um, I was going to say Charboil, which is part of the W.C. Bradley umbrella. Now you see Oklahoma Joe's with barrel cookers, upright barrel cookers, pellet cookers, offset pits. The list goes on. So they have certainly diversified within the brand there. 
and we'll talk to Zach about why they decided to get into the pellet game when there's a host of other pellet manufacturers out there and what sets this current version apart. We'll also get into a little nerdyism with differences between version one and version two. Currently, version two is out, but there was a version one a couple years ago uh, that was the original launch. So we'll talk to Zach Myron, first time guest about all the Ryder DLX stuff. And then we'll move into the second hour, much like Stephen Reichland just happened to miss last month. My guest in the second hour missed his quarterly visit at the end of June, but we will welcome back in victorious fashion Daniel Vaughn, the Texas Monthly's barbecue editor. So unlike Stephen only missing a month, Daniel missed three months since his last visit. So we will have a bunch of stuff to catch up on, not the least of which is his counterpart. I don't know if they're colleagues because technically they don't work together, although they do cover a similar topic out there in the Texas area, that being Chuck Blount, newfound guest here in 2022, food slash barbecue writer for the San Antonio Express News, and his findings of smoked hamburgers coming more and more on the menu. Also, we'll talk to Daniel about this new thing that's happening in Texas, not new to most of us, but I guess new to Texas, which is more of a direct slash high heat grilling of chicken. That seems to be gaining a lot of favor, of course because crispy chicken skin is way better than rubbery, smoked chicken skin that people are going to look at, go, that looks really pretty, and then take it off in one piece and chuck it against the wall just to see if it sticks. Now you can eat the whole thing from start to finish. And Few, few things are more delicious, more indulging, and more gluttonous than eating chicken skin. It makes you feel all wonderful and all self-loathing all at the same time. So we'll talk to Daniel all about that, plus many other items, some barbecue Hall of Fame stuff, all that. Now, with any open time we have after Daniel, we will fire up the game show machine, go into the prize closet. You might have a chance to win something. We'll see. But who knows? Daniel could take the balance of the second hour, and we'll call it a day at the end of the show. From there... So that's what's happening here this evening. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, at BBQ Central Show. Live video feeds of the show can be found at Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also over on YouTube slash RD Rempe. And of course, a live audio version of the show is happening on Clubhouse as we speak with some of the show regulars taking it in there in the Clubhouse. So I want to start here tonight. I know somebody's watching. This is the second week in a row. He's very young to be listening to me. However, he does happen to be my nephew watching right now. And we welcome in a new fan of the show and a favorite of mine, Joe Cloda. Joey, thank you for watching. Don't stay up too late. And we'll see you at your game tomorrow night. And by the way, his team won a makeup or a uh, game resumation that happened here a little bit earlier this evening, so we congratulate him and his team on a win after being rained out, and then they delayed, and then like a week later, which was tonight, they made that game up. So happy to have Joey Board here on the Barbecue Central Show trained watching live because we do it live. We do it live. That's right. Also, notwithstanding that, I want to thank our barbecue pal, Johnny Mags for having me on his show earlier this evening. That was 5 o'clock Eastern. 
His show, of course, being the Pit Life Barbecue Show. Always fun for me to be a guest and talk a little show stuff, a little behind-the-curtain stuff, a little association stuff. So be sure to check out all of that if you missed it. Again, that happened at 5 p.m. Eastern this morning. I'm sorry, this afternoon, a mere four hours ago. And uh, you can get the replay right now over on YouTube. If you subscribe over there at the Pit Life Barbecue, it'll just come right up there. And you can go in already to watch on the video archive. And I'm sure the audio archive will be released very quickly if it hasn't already. But I know how podcast feeds update, how quickly and non-quickly that happens, especially when you want to have something happen. Also, I've been getting message after message over the past week as people are catching up via the podcast about my take on side dishes at barbecue restaurants. And it appears that my stance on barbecue sides, who cares, isn't very popular with the majority of you. If having great side dishes is something that completes your barbecue experience, good for you. Eat all the life-changing side dishes you want, but guess what? I can go to 748 other restaurants in and outside of barbecue and get great sides. But you know what I can't get at all those other non-barbecue restaurants? Great barbecue. So please forgive me if all of the best barbecue restaurants start making world-class side dishes and I still don't give a shit about it. Furthermore, don't order them if I choose to go eat at those places because side dishes to me are just that side dishes, not main dishes. If I'm going to get a great barbecue restaurant experience in, I'm coming to eat the stars of the show, not the role players. Like many other things in life, I appear to be in the minority and I am just fine with that. You eat the sides. I'll eat the barbecue. And that's that. Dennis in Colorado writing in with some show feedback. Greg, great segment with Meathead last week. I have always wondered if you could actually taste the difference in wood slash pellets. I found, for instance, that my father can't handle mesquite wood. It makes him sick, but other woods just fine. Also, the John Marcus segment, spectacular. You should consider adding a third hour and doing one of those in-depth interviews in the extra hour. Regards, Dennis. Dennis, always appreciate the feedback. Bill in Texas. Greg, I'm finally compelled to write into the show after hearing the John Marcus story. Wow, wow, wow. Pitching Bob Hope in person as a 19-year-old back in the day? Can you say brass balls? Pals with Al Franken working with Bill Cosby on a daily basis. And his stories went on and on. Holy crap. I knew he did barbecue TV but didn't realize the scope of what John had accomplished. Thank you for doing the story of John Marcus for us. How cool it must be for you to interact with him on and off air. Lucky you. Love the show. Been listening for 12 years. Regards, Bill. Bill, it is cool for me. And thank you for listening for 12 years, by the way. I love that. More on the John Marcus segment as we get through the show. Let me talk to you about Oklahoma Joe's. Since the company's humble beginnings in 1987, Oklahoma Joe's has helped those who appreciate the process of craft smoking. What began with Joe Davidson, a member of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and a dozen hand-built smokers at the Oklahoma State Fair over 30 years ago has since forged an Oklahoma Joe's brand that builds some of the most sought-after smokers available today. Oklahoma Joe's has a proud history of creating unique 
uncompromising smokers and grills that are carefully crafted. The design and the newest generation of the popular Rider Series pellet grills carries on that tradition. The new features in the Oklahoma Joe Riders Deluxe Pellet Grill include a pit control 2.0 system that delivers the category's first dual sensor temperature control. Fire-focused dual sensor feedback optimizes temperature control based on selected cooking style, low and slow smoking or high heat grilling, a power feed system that boasts a high torque auger motor that provides power to dig through all of the most demanding pellets, and you get the performance along with it. The new Rider Deluxe series builds on several popular features, including smoke and sear modes, which feature an impressive temperature range that runs from 200 degrees of smoking to a 650 degree searing hot high end and a 20 pound quick drawer hopper that allows you to unload unused pellets in seconds for simple storage, removal, and swapping of pellet flavors, if you're into that. Where do you find out all about it? OklahomaJoes.com. That's OklahomaJoes.com. You can find out about all of that right there at the website or go check one out in the retail location. Stephen Reichlin is ready to go. We will talk to him here in just one second. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. We will be back right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control devices, sellers of ceramic grills with built-in power draft fans, accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier, Visit BBQGuru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. It is the third Tuesday of a month, and that means it's time to do a segment with the icon of the industry, host of TV shows, the creator and host of the very popular and now airing Project Fire on PBS. A James Beard award-winning author of some of the most important barbecue books on the topic. Let's race to the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX Pellet Grills Hotline and welcome back our friend Stephen Reichland. Hey, Stephen. Hey, how you doing? I am fabulous. Appreciate you joining me here as you do each and every month. And as I had mentioned in the open, we missed you in May. We have you back here in June. But you were... Uh, running around a little bit. You weren't in country, as we say. In fact, you were well out of the country. So what were you up to? So uh, I was uh, eating and drinking my way through Europe. Hang on one sec. That was my reminder to call you. So right, great. take that off. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, eating and drinking my way through Europe. That was uh, part research trip, part pleasure. We flew into Spain, where in Barcelona, I found a fantastic live fire restaurant, brand new, called Darvaza. Huge wood-burning hearth, paellas cooked over an orange wood fire. 
40 ounce uh, steaks, slow smoked and then hot seared, just amazing. From there, we went to France where my book, How to Grill Vegetables, just came out in France. So I did a little publicity. Uh, had some very interesting grilling from a uh, highfalutin Michelin-starred chef named Jean-Francois Piège at a restaurant called the Clover Grill. That's what it was called in English. Uh, the Italian portion of the trip was uh, strictly vacation. I must say it was wonderful. Then we flew to Athens and joined up with the Windstar Cruise Line, uh, where you know I have these restaurants, the Star Grill by Stephen Reichland. And uh, so the third ship came out of the shipyard, and I was on board to check out the restaurant, do a little fine-tuning on the menu. Uh, super fun. As far as the vegetable book, I'm interested. Obviously, it does very well over here in the States. And you still get a little bit of a pushback on people grilling vegetables, and vegetables are just over here. But by and large, here, uh, people have really adopted the live fire grilling, smoking of vegetables, adding them in on top of main dishes, or even using vegetables as main dishes, especially if you're not a meat eater. So we're making that nice turn. But as you go into other countries, for instance, France, as you were talking about doing this media, are they as attuned to accepting grilled vegetables? Is that something they have been into quite a bit and, and maybe you're a little bit behind the curve? What's the attitude like over there? Uh, extremely welcoming, you know, come on guys and gals, this is 2022, you know, we're not all caveman just running around with a big, uh, you know, tomahawk. I mean, grilled vegetables are a thing. They've been a, a, a thing in Europe for decades, if not centuries. And I think Europeans are, you know, like most of us health minded too. And, you know, I, I love pastrami and brisket as much as the next guy, but you know, I um, also love grilled vegetables, and I recognize that uh, meals should be healthy as well as uh, meaty. Where are you vacationing in Italy? you have property out there, or are you just uh, jaunting about to some of the uh, finer wine regions? No, I wish. We, uh, we, we traveled down the coast of Italy, starting in Portofino, uh, which is a beautiful little one-time fishing town and now very chic uh, fishing town. Um, we wound up on an island called Ischia, which has been likened to the Martha's Vineyard of Italy. Uh, you take about a 45-minute ferry. It's a very mountainous island. It's off the coast of Naples. Um, and it's really just it's spectacularly beautiful, uh, great food, great seafood. Um, uh, you know, uh, just it's, it's not a beach town particularly. They're more, it's more craggy. It's more like the coast of Maine, I would say, than there are, there are a few beaches, but, you know, they're not like our beaches in Martha's Vineyard or anything. But, you know, just something. Yeah, I did a TV show in Italy a few years ago, Stephen Reichland Grills Italy. And ever since that, and with my rudimentary Italian, which I still try and practice every morning, I just I feel at home in Italy. I, I just love to be in Italy. You had mentioned it was part work, part play. So on the work part, is this investigati uh, investigation for a new book that you already have in the pipeline to some degree? Well, it's an investigation, actually, for a new TV show I'm working for. You know, we've done four seasons of Project Fire, and uh, I, I want to switch things up for the next show. So we're going to do a show called Planet Barbecue, 
and it's going to be a traveling, uh, you know, a grilling show, but with a strong traveling component to it. So, uh, yes, I was scouting countries and restaurants that we might visit when we start taping that show. A few weeks ago, Stephen, the James Beard Awards were handed out. A friend, mutual friend of ours, I would say, to a certain degree, snags another James Beard Award for his book, Black Smoke, that being Adrian Miller. You're also someone who's won James Beard Fan. Awards as well. As a writer, when you win something like this, does it give an added justification to the world that the winning book is really important and should be getting out there for people to read? Or is the win really just getting the book out there and then whatever awards may or may not come is just a nice value add at the end of the whole book writing process? Well, I would say uh, it's a confirmation of, uh, of your work, that uh, your work is respected, that it's important, that it had an impact. That certainly is true of Adrian Miller's book. And I like to think it was true of my books. Uh, remember, in the publishing cycle, uh, your book has probably been out already for anywhere from six months to 10 months. So a publisher already believed in the concept and your book has already been tested in the marketplace. Now, will a Beard Award accelerate sales? Uh, possibly, can't hurt. If a book, you know, not every book that is a fantastic book becomes a bestseller. So um, will an award like that bring renewed attention and perhaps renewed sales, renewed enthusiasm on the part of the publisher? Absolutely. Uh, it can't hurt. It definitely helps. And as an author, it makes you feel really terrific to can, be recognized by your peers. Can winning one of those from a business perspective help you as an author, not you specifically, just talking in general, command help perhaps a, a bigger advance on future books or not really? Well, to some extent, sure, it looks good. But um, really, I would say the size of your advance is determined by the success of your previous book. Uh, well, that's if you're an established author, you know, and you're writing a series of books. I mean, if you're a first-time author, the size of your advance is in part governed by how fantastic your idea is, but in very large part uh, governed by your reputation, your celebrity already. I mean, if you're already a TV star or a social media star, chances are you're going to get a higher advance than somebody has who has a breathtakingly revolutionary idea, but maybe an unknown. Stephen Reichel joining us here on the show, <laughs> barbecuebible.com. That's me, a revolutionary who has actually nothing going for him. Uh, 2022 Barbecue University. Oh, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> Self-deprecating. You, you've been on the air. How, how many years have you been on the air? Uh, 14 live and then two before that, so 16 total. Okay. Greg Rempe, I'm sure if you wanted to write a book, first of all, I'd be delighted to help you find a publisher, but uh, I'm sure your time on the air would be very helpful. All right. Well... We may or may not revisit that down the road. 2022 <laughs> Barbecue University in the books took place actually a couple of weeks ago, uh, the 12th through the 15th. So if we missed it, what did we miss out on? What were some of the highlights? Well, one of the highlights is we did a, uh, a suckling pig from D'Artagnan, the uh, uh, quality meat purveyor. And, you know, I always like to say that um, – Whole hog is the Mount Everest of barbecue, and uh, 
you know, to ascend it is really you work very hard, you cook all night, it's, uh, you know, it involves a lot of gear and time and money. But what if there were a way that you could do a whole hog in the grill you probably have in your backyard in three hours? Well, a suckling pig <laughs> is, that's the answer. And, you know, it serves eight or 10 people, depending on the size. It looks fantastic. It's totally manageable and it will prepare you for a larger hog. So that was one highlight. Another highlight, a dish from Turkey, actually. And by the way, on that crazy trip, uh, I flew Turkish Airlines. And um, the last night, we actually overnighted in Istanbul, found another fantastic uh, grill restaurant. But anyway, uh, Turkey has a kebab that's very famous. It's called the Adana kebab. And I guess it might be like the chorizo of Turkey or the, uh, the Italian hot sausage of Turkey. Uh, it's a spicy sausage. So uh, we did Adana kebabs, and you could think of it as a skinless sausage that's molded around a flat uh, skewer. Uh, we rigged up, you know, in the U.S., most grills come with grill grates and lids, but in most of the world, a grill is actually a metal box without a grill grate. And you stretch the food you're going to cook in it either in a grill basket or on a skewer across the open space from one side to one side. So one of our students rigged up a uh, Turkish-style grill. We did the Adana, Adana kebab. That was amazing. Oh, gosh, what did we do uh, that was really fun? I mean, so many um, memorable dishes. We did my um, uh, chocolate brownie, so my uh, cedar plank uh, chocolate brownie s'more, uh, which is always hugely pop pop popular. Interesting little twist there. Uh, the resort actually made these artisanal homemade marshmallows. And interestingly, they did not melt and brown as well as the cheapo uh, marshmallows, you know, you would get at uh, Costco. So. <laughs> That's why you use Kraft American Singles on cheeseburger. They're plasticky, cheesy crap. But when it really counts to have a nice melt on a cheeseburger, then that's the one you want to go to and everyone really loves to put on there. So totally get that. Um, were there any standout students? Anybody pique your interest and go, wow, that, that guy or gal seems to be really into it or might be really skilled? Um, uh, there were, there was a very prominent social media, uh, influencer and I'm not going to mention his name because I don't know if you want me to or not. Does but, it rhyme uh, with any rate? Uga, Uga? <laughs> no, 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 no. But, uh, wasn't it? it was actually slightly different. It wasn't, it wasn't a grill influencer, but, yep. uh, he turned out to have a background in, um, in, uh, the culinary arts. So, you know, in, in any, grilling class there's sort of some people that need a lot of attention and coaxing and then there are other people and you just set them on their way and they just do what has to be done and produce a beautiful result at the end and that was the case uh i must highlight that we had a number of alums at the school including one alum who's been to the school uh 15 years in Holy a row in a uh, row another alum yeah, in a row. Actually, she missed one year. Uh, and then uh, and then two others. Let's see, one that's been uh, with us 12 years, one wow. 14. We had another that's been with us four years. And that's very gratifying, you know, because it means that we must be doing something right. No doubt about it. Uh, Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. So it sounds like Barbecue University, another victorious uh, session that is now disbanded. Is there going to be another one this year or uh, next year? No, no, next year will be the next one. And, you know, uh, you'll be able to find out when, where, and how uh, on my website, which, of course, is barbecuebible.com, all spelled out. B 
because it will have already happened by the next time we reconvene uh, july 4th obviously one of the biggest summer eating holidays every year if not the biggest summer eating holiday what menu items are you suggesting for those who like to cook and for those who perhaps don't like to cook but like to eat well, for people who like to cook, you know, I'd go either brisket or ribs. Brisket because you can pick, uh, you can smoke a big hunk of meat and carve it, and doesn't require a lot of last minute work, so you can spend time with your guests. Ribs because ripping animal bones apart and gnawing the meat off the bones, you know, it's just doesn't get much more primal than that. Uh, if you want to have a little theme spirit. Uh, you know, you can make a red, white, and blue uh, uh, sangria or you know, strawberries, blueberries, and whipped cream on grilled cake would be fine. If you don't like to cook, head over to crowdcowan.com and order my Planet Barbecue brisket ribs. We have a new sausages. We have new burgers. They come all ready to go. So, um, you know, it's great for people who maybe want to enjoy the holiday without standing by the grill. Right. A little reheat and uh, away you go. You can... There you Perhaps go. pass it off like you were a pit master. And if anybody asks you where the cooking stuff is, say, eh, never mind. Just keep eating and you're not paying for it. Away you go. No, shameless, shame, shamelessly steal it. I've been yes. laboring. I was the reason I have circles under my eyes. I was up all night smoking that brisket. That's right. Uh, Planted barbecue. Uh, crowdcow.com is the place you want to find out about that stuff if you're interested in. I wanted to ask you about a piece of cooking equipment. I saw you use it on uh, uh, Project Fire. And I've seen it in some of your social media posts. It looks like a suitcase. If you're familiar with the industry, you probably know what it is called the Nomad Grill. I've actually seen Sam the Cooking Guy use it as well here uh, not so long ago. What do you like about this cooker? Why, why would I want to be interested in this? You know what I love about the Nomad? Uh, for so many years, portable grills were really cheap poorly made and sort of the philosophy was you use them a few times and then throw them out. This is super well engineered, high design, really smart. I mean, smart, it's it's what would happen if smart people tried to design the best portable grill they could rather than the cheapest portable grill that they could. Um, very thermodynamic. The two halves open up so you can really get as much grilling space on a portable grill as you want on a conventional kettle grill. It's a terrific machine. And you have enough space from where the grill grate would be to where the fuel uh, builds builds underneath it. It's not too close where you're dealing with ultra hot temperatures. No, it really isn't. And, um, you know, of course you can manage your charcoal uh, the way you would on any charcoal grill, which is mounted a little thicker at one end for hotter searing zones, spread out a little more sparsely on the other end. Uh, Nomad, in fact, sells their own proprietary uh, charcoal that's oh. a, a kind of a compressed charcoal. Um, the other thing that's kind of cool about it, unlike most portable grills, you, you can also use it as a smoker, right? Because you can fold it in half, put the fire in one quadrant, the food in the other, and then with that lid that comes over it, it sort of simulates the dome you might have on a kettle grill. <laughs> Uh, so it's good for smoking. And, you know, the funny thing, talk about portability and and, and, uh, and travel. Uh, I was on a uh, radio show uh, with a host in uh, Montreal, and in the background there was a Nomad Grill. Uh, the guys that run it tell me that they are, I, I believe, in 30 or 40 different countries. So, really? Uh, you know, that Nomads have been spotted. So, it you know, it's it's really nice to see someone take – a cliched piece of equipment, a portable grill, 
and bring intelligence and function to it. So we're getting new listeners each and every month, each and every week. However, people are stumbling onto the show. I don't know what their level of uh, outdoor cooking is with live fire. So for a summer treat, I've always told folks, especially when they're coming over just to eat and maybe they don't really know too much about it other than burgers and hot dogs is, and tonight, aside from the main dish, I'm making, I'm going to make a grilled salad and the eyes get wide and they're like, what do you mean grilled salad? Uh, What's your best recipe on grilled salad and what do you like about it? Well, probably the best and easiest and most logical recipe would be a grilled Caesar salad. And I actually, I uh, discovered that at Walt's Wharf in Seal Beach, California, back when I was writing BBQ USA. So that was a couple decades ago. So it's not really new. Beauty of a grilled Caesar salad, you start with romaine lettuce, which is a firmer, more robust salad to begin with. You cut it in half, wash it out very thoroughly. And then you char it over a hot fire. I love to work on a wood fire because what happens is the smoke sort of creeps up in between those spaces, the, be, between the corrugated leaves, adding a dimension of flavor. When I make mine, it's kind of deconstructed. I like to serve the salad part in half heads of romaine lettuce. And then I put the garnish, that is the, uh, the anchovies, the croutons, the eggs, uh, the creamy uh, Romano cheese dressing on top. So it's a salad you really eat with a knife and fork. Um, I have also, let's see, I've, uh, well, in uh, the vegetable book, uh, How to Grow Vegetables, I smoke um, Boston lettuce leaves using uh, that technique you may remember from Project Smoke where you use, you can use uh, hay tossed on coals, you keep your grill cool, keep the lettuce far away from the uh, fire. And Smoke, it's like, it's this has this funny, magical umami quality where you bite into a piece of smoked lettuce. And of course, it's familiar. It looks like lettuce. You know, it crunches like lettuce. But there's something otherworldly about it that is so intriguing and delightful. So yes, please grill your salads. No doubt. Uh, we are talking with Stephen Reichlin. You can find him over at barbecuebible.com and on your televisions currently for Project Fire. Stephen, always appreciate the time, and we will see you in July. Absolutely. Happy 4th, everybody. All right, take care. Stephen Reichlin right there. All guests appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. And if you haven't tried grilled salad, what are you waiting for? It's delicious. Telling you. Your guests get over, you're like, okay, blah, 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 we're going to have all this other stuff, and then we're going to have some grilled salad in the end. What? Grilled salad? So easy, too. Minute and a half, two minutes on medium-high heat, and away you go. Then dress it and top it and do whatever else you want to do on your own. It's good stuff. We thank Stephen Reichel. As always, barbecuebible.com, his website. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel-efficient. We love you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday ceramic grill lineup? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grills and the game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, when you break it down, there are more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo cooker. So you're only limited by your imagination. Plus, they have the accessories to go with it. 
the Primo Grill rotisserie, the pizza accessory, the half-drip pan, the rib rack, the list goes on. Here's the bottom line. The best ceramics in the biz, patented technology, true two-zone cooking capabilities, multiple sizes, and yes, if you just have to have a round ceramic cooker, they have those too, but they have plenty of other bigger sizes, varying sizes of the oval. So consider that. Only sold through dealers. Find one near you, primogrill.com. That's primogrill.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. And we are back with first-time guest, Zach Myron, right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. We thank Stephen Reichland for joining us last segment. This portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also see what other cool things they have to enhance some smoke flavor in your cooking devices. Cookingpellets.com. We all know that I had some initial issues with my Oklahoma Joe Ryder DLX pellet cooker, which have since been resolved, thank goodness. But going through that, I thought about what the behind the scenes looked like for a company and how they actually got a cooker to market that has never been part of their makeup before how long does it take what uh why pellets to begin with how improvements are made all the fun stuff luckily i was able to track down my next guest with some help from my guy scott moody so let's go ahead and race over to the oklahoma joe's rider dlx pellet grills hotline and welcome first time guest to the show zach myron hey zach hey greg how you doing man i am absolutely fabulous appreciate you joining me here on the show uh steven reichland was just on before you barbecue hall of famer you grilled salad guy uh, no, but I'm going to now because that that sounded uh, interesting. Have you ever have you ever heard of that before? Uh, I don't think so. Yes. Um, I've heard of you know a wedge salad, a cops, you know all kinds of different salads, but I've never heard of smoking lettuce. So that's definitely something I'm going to have to try out now. Before we get into the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX ins and outs and guts and all that fun stuff, uh, quick background on you personally and professionally. If you did anything before Oklahoma Joe's, yeah, man. So. Uh, so I joined, uh, I joined the service out of high school. So I spent the first about seven years, uh, in the army and then got out and, uh, I've been with Charborough for about seven years as well. Um, and I'm, I'm fairly new to the Oklahoma Joe's team, um, full time and to the product team specifically. So been doing that for a couple of years now and uh, just loving every minute of it. Um, it's, it's, a it's, it's a very rewarding job and it's a great fit for me with the brand. Absolutely. What branch of the service were you in? Uh, the Army. Army. All right. Any uh, any fun stuff? Any one memory stick out to you over those four years or so? Um, <laughs> no, no, I have a couple of a couple of memories that stick out for sure. Uh, nothing nothing too fun to share not right now, oh. though. <laughs> oh, one of those. Yikes. All right. <laughs> uh, you know. What does product manager mean and do? What's the day-to-day like? 
Man, so there's a there's a lot of uh, roles and responsibilities that that go into uh, being a product manager. But probably the most fun part of my job um, has to be the fact that I get to come up with with new products for the brand. Um, uh, I myself, I'm I'm the parts and accessories guy, so I work alongside the you know the grills and the smokers um, when we're working on those uh, projects as well. But you know, I get to I get to kind of get in the weeds a little bit and see what you know what are some things that are are going to make the you know enhance the cooking experience for us. And like I said earlier, being a user, it's it's really it's just a really fun job. Um, so yeah, basically uh, get, getting to come up with with the new with the new things that we get to use alongside with our with our grills and smokers. So when you come up with an idea and then you pitch it, does it start to go through a mock-up or a prototype uh, run and then you know at some point people are either like yeah it's something that we can now fully produce or oh i mean it was really good up until this point now we realize it's a loser and on the scrap heap and, they go, and then do you keep you know much like jackie the joke man used to keep uh used to keep all of his jokes that he gave to howard stern and the ones he used he put in this folder and the ones that he didn't use he put in a separate folder do you do the same thing with accessory ideas yeah, I'd say um, so. Accessories are, are a very fast paced uh, as compared to the you know to the the full size sure. products. Um, you know, we might there might be that's a, that's a whole different process. So, for the accessories specifically, we, you know, I might be you know see ten different things in a day that that I could try to run with, and got to try to work through that and see what makes sense for for our brand for our users and um, and uh, but yeah, it's there. I, I have a long list that I keep of 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 idea of I'll just call them good ideas and. Some of them are actually good ideas, and some of them are <laughs> probably terrible ones. Um, but yeah, sometimes it can be as simple as, as seeing something that's already out there, and it, it might be a good idea for us to, to to look at. And so it can move pretty quick at that point. But um, you know, if it's a if it's an accessory that might be you know more tied to a specific product we're going to roll out, you know, there might be quite a bit more development that goes into it. So it, there's a lot of it varies quite a bit. So that's that's the other you know fun part of it. Zach Meyer joining us here on the show, product manager at Oklahoma Joe's the website, of course, oklahomajoes.com. Originally, and if you're a fan of the show, uh, nobody's surprised that Oklahoma Joe's, or it's not a secret that Oklahoma Joe's was originally founded as an offset pit. Joe Davidson has been on the show a number of times, Barbecue Hall of Famer. It's an amazing story at startup. As the sale of the company happens and then... Uh, WC Bradley slash Oklahoma Joe's, you know, under that umbrella starts to take over and looks to diversify. When did the talk of adding pellet cookers even start? Do you know when that got into the mix? I can't tell you when, when those discussions uh, first began. I know, you know, we rolled out uh, Ryder the first gen in uh, 2020, I believe. So it had to be, you know, sometime before that. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't on the product team at that point. So I can't give you a better time than that. Probably. 2019, 2018, I'd have to say. When something like this is happening, how much is the company evaluating, okay, this is what's currently happening in the market, and this is how we feel we might be able to stand out? In other words, where do you think Oklahoma Joe saw a market opportunity to bring that first version of the rider to market? Sure. Yeah, I think um, so. We're always looking for you know trends and, and what's happening in the world of barbecue and and uh, you know what is what is some of the comp- competition doing and Traeger. Obviously, I don't have to you know who everyone knows Traeger started. 
start, kind of started the whole pellet thing. And so it was obvious. It's a, it's a huge, it was a huge opportunity. Um, and so I think we took, probably took a, a long, hard look at it and said, yeah, okay, this, this would be worth our time to get into that being said, we're going to, we're going to do this the right way. We don't want to just rush out a pellet grill to uh, try to get a chunk of this. You know, we want to give a, put, give a thoughtful product to our users. So, um, yeah, I think to, to answer your question, yeah, it, it was definitely a huge opportunity and, and, uh, we just wanted to make sure we did it right. Currently the generation two or gen two or whatever you call it is in the market right now. So if we look back at that initial release or let's call it gen one, for instance, what was good? What went, what, what went well with gen one and what didn't go so well? Yeah. I, so I, we had, we had some category first, um, uh, as I understand it to, to the pellet world and, um, some things like the quick draw hopper, um, the, uh, removable ash cup, uh, the, and the kind of integrated accessory, uh, you know, flex accessory program, um, the smoke sear zone, some of those things we, we really looked at, okay, what is a pellet cooker and what, are, what are the shortcomings of it? And we tried to, uh, tried to answer those questions. And I, I I think we did a, a pretty good job at that. So I think we nailed. I think we nailed it from a, kind of an innovation and a user um, experience dynamic. I think we learned some lessons. Um, you know, first first time really in the uh, electronics business. You know, so that was that was there were some lessons there. I think uh, some things like the auger motor, uh, you know, temp sensors, just the the uh, pit control itself. I think uh, I think once we got it out there and, and were able to see how how our users were u- were interacting with it, it taught it you know showed us some some things that we're able to work on. What is Gen two bringing to the market now? Like, what were some of those major improvements that you think put it over and above where the the first roll was? Yeah, so mainly uh, the 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 pit control two point um, We kind of revamped the the. Uh, the pit control itself, and it's a it's a it's a bit more of an intuitive experience. I think there's you know there's timers on it you can set up, set down. There's there's uh, option for four meat probes yep. coming out of the controller. It can go. Um, there's two uh, cook chamber uh, temp probes uh, for a much more accurate uh, monitoring. There's um, uh, there's there's th- little things like rubber treaded wheels and swivel casters. That's an, an unbelievably smooth rolling uh, for how big it is specifically. But uh, yeah, we kept we kept you know the accessories were were are, are a great a great component to this, and and we kind of ke- obviously kept the ability to to use those and and are trying to add some more. Um, but basically, just wanted to bring a little bit more control um, and, and a bigger. <laughs> one thing I almost forgot the. Uh, one thing we definitely took a look at was the auger motor, and so this this Gen two has a it's it's over twice as many like newton meters <laughs> so torque as the uh, Gen one initially launched with, so it's uh, that's quite an improvement there. And there's also some really cool technology that went into the auger tube itself. Um, we were able to to uh, to get some some innovation in the auger tube itself to try to relieve some of those jam problems people experience. So yeah, just all around, just trying to look at what, what those pain points were and how can we fix them for our users? It's a nice big LCD screen, big roll knob. That's nice. You know, push it in to, to set much like uh, some of the other things do right now. Uh, although they're typically much smaller than that big wheel that's on the rider DLX, at least to my uh, experience here 
and it's been fairly short-lived, but uh, uh, working through it right now. What's not on there? Wi-Fi, uh, an app, control. <laughs> um, do you guys follow yeah. the, the current lawsuit that's going on with Traeger and, and Green Mountain Grills, and, and does that, maybe there was, I'm speculating, maybe there was some talk with OKJ that you're like, we got to get this on here. And then quickly you look at where the market is and you're like, oh, wait a second, there's a lawsuit going on. Yeah, well, we were just going to hold back and see how everything shakes out with these guys first before this is something we decide we want to take a look at installing on a grill. Yeah, it's like, we'll wait. We'll wait and see what happens there. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, personally, personally, I'm not, I'm not uh, intimately uh, familiar with, with the details of that. I'm, I'm sure there are some, some folks uh, on the team that are. Um, I can tell you what I do know is whether it's, uh, you know, an app or some kind of technology or, or whether it's, uh, you know, kind of a more fundamental basic redesign or, or feature on one of our offsets, anything we do is going to, it's, it's going to be done right. And that's kind of the mindset we have at it. So to get back to your question about, you know, uh, tech, not more technology on it, we're, we're certainly for adding technology as it, as it, you know, comes along in the game and seeing, seeing what we can do with it, but it's got to be done right. We're not, we're not going to rush anything out just, just to get it out the door and say, we have one too. That's you, uh, yeah. You have a unique perspective here. I love to ask this question to all the, uh, especially pellet cookers that come on here, because as you said, it's, uh, they're all of a sudden quickly becoming a software and technology company instead of just a, you know, a hardware slash cooker company like they had been in years past. When you guys are putting technology on here, is there a running debate within whoever the brain trust is in we need to have at least X amount of technology on a cooker to make it competitive because we don't want to not have it and have it be sitting by brand B that has it. And the consumer goes, well, this one has it. This one does it. I'm going to buy the one that has it. And we have no idea if John or Judy is going to actually take that home and use the technology, but maybe that's what put them over the edge because it had it. And that was the reason they're buying it, not necessarily because they're going to use it. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a valid point. And I think there's, I think there's, uh, you know, some people out there that, you know, uh, pick their products that way and that's fine. You know, there's, I, I may, I may even be guilty of doing that a time or two in my life, who knows, but, um, for something like this, we, we really, uh, you know, I, I can't emphasize that enough. We're not going to, we're not going to put bells and whistles on there just because, you know, uh, everyone else is doing it. And so we've got to throw it on there too. You might, you know, we'll absolutely look at it and if it's something we can do, but if it doesn't make sense or if we, if we can't do it right and in, in a timely manner, then we're not going to do it. I, I myself, you know, I'm somebody who probably likes to have technology and likes the option of it and likes having it there to help, you know, my experience or my skills, but if I, I don't want to have to use it and if I don't want to use it, I like not having to. So, um, that's, that's certainly kind of a, another lens we try to look at, you know, at, at some product development through is, is, is having it there, having the right features, but not, not relying on them or not doing them poorly to where it's ruins your experience. Do you get feedback from customers saying, Hey, I have this grill and I wish there was more stuff on it. Um, I can't say that I've seen any feedback uh, like that specifically. It, it may exist. Um, you know, there's so many channels where that stuff comes in. It's hard to stay stay up on it all. I try to I try to dig through the reviews uh, as often as I can for for various things. But I can't say I've seen anything like that where where anyone's necessarily been to you know asking for more 
for more technology or features. Anything in the new release hopper we're going to get scooped on tonight by chance? Hopper pun intended, by the way. I can't tip my hand too much. Yeah, yeah hopper pun intended. Um, man, I, I without giving away too much, I can say that it's, uh, again, it's a really it's a really exciting time to be on the product team at Oklahoma Joe's. And um, we've got some really good some really good stuff in the pipeline. I can't give away too much more. Uh, Rider specifically, I think we're excited about the Gen 2 and getting some of that feedback, uh, much like we did on the Gen 1 and seeing how we can learn from that and, and you know, roll out even better gen three maybe so zach myron is the product manager over at oklahoma joe's website oklahomajoes.com zach really appreciate the conversation tonight thanks for doing it absolutely thanks for having me on you got it there he is zach myron right there all guests appear via the oklahoma joe's rider deluxe pellet grills hotline talking about gen one talking about the current model gen two and where it's all at right now. Appreciate that conversation with Zach. Another first-timer. 2022 is out of the gate. Perhaps a record-breaking year of new guests to the show. A guy the cooking, Sam, is saying... This is going back to Stephen Reichland's segment. Grilled salad got shit on on Kitchen Nightmares. Consider the source, Sam guy. Consider the source. I will consider this source, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies, getting you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces, the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Regular Money, Triple Secret Steak, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow. Let me tell you something. I am finding right now in the Rempy House, the winning seasoning combination. My own West Coast offense for steak is base layer and and a pretty good medium coat of Cash Cow. And then over the top of it with an equal amount of double secret steak rub. Everybody's raving. Look, these broads don't rave about much. But the steak they're raving about, they love it. So I recommend Cash Cow double first, double secret, uh, double secret steak. Second, just my suggestion, you do what's right for your palate. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you want a new go-to sauce because you're tired of all the other stuff that's existing in the market today, why not give Granny's a try? And they're selling cookers. You know this. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out that Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you don't know what grill you need, call 877-828-0727 and ask all the questions you want. They'll make sure you're outfitted with the one that fits you best. You can also shop their website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. Big Papa Smokers, longtime sponsor of the show. We certainly appreciate that. We are going to wrap up the first hour. Questions, comments, and or otherwise, get them in here. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. And we will be right back. Stand by.
continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. We thank Zach Myron for joining us from Oklahoma Joe's last segment. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring. Or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home. You're in luck. Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. Working on a upcoming conversation with Ted Conrad. One of the principals over at Fireboard is actually getting a new microphone. He sent me a email the other day and said, hey, looking into this mic, what do you think? That's a guy who's ahead of the game. He is ahead of the game. He knows sound quality is humoral uno when it comes to this show. You want to make your listening experience a nice like everybody. This comment coming in from Guy the Cooking Sam. This gets more corporate every month. Does it? Great entertaining content from people who may or may not be sponsors of the show is corporate. Guy, how dare you? How dare you? I can make this show corporate. Don't make me do that. I'll wear a suit. We'll punch in and out. We will never go overtime because I don't want to pay anybody overtime. We'll start at X. We will end at X. I will be in a suit. You will be required to wear professional dresses. You're listening and watching. It will not be fun. So I'll keep doing it this way if that's all the same. Of course it is. Uh, if you have questions about the rider... Or if it's something that you're considering, you should email me because I'll be pretty much learning right along with you. Mine is uh, only a couple weeks old because they sent me a new one because the first one uh, didn't work. Uh, But the second one is up and running. I've done so far chicken on the uh, sear portion of it. Much to my surprise, it's hot. Uh, Like surprisingly hot for a pellet cooker, but that's what happens. I guess when you have direct access over the burn pot. So that's nice. I've also done the very rudimentary sausage types. Bratwurst, Italian sausage, regular hot dogs, cheese-flavored hot dogs, cheddar-frilled bratwursts, all that. So I'm just waiting to get a weekend where we can do the full sous vide of steaks, and then I can get that... DLX turned all the way up sear mode and actually see how well the searing takes place on steaks. That's what I want to see. I'm going to be very excited for that. Just got to get that weekend. We're very busy. I mean, just this week alone has been harrowing. You can't really see it here. Well, you can see it here, but you can't see the puncture wound here where a neighbor's cat bit my hand, scratched me, infection in the hand, because cats are dirty, 
But we all know that because they pee on my floor on my computer. Had to get a tetanus shot. Had to be on Augmentin. Almost lost my hand because cats are crazy. And I was driving a U-Haul to Seton Hill last uh, yesterday to drop off some furniture for some rat hole that my daughter's going to be living in slums out there. And the U-Haul broke down. Yes. How's your week? We'll be back right after this. Stick around.